This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 391, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 13th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 391. It's our reviews episode where we take a look at some of the releases from the week of Wednesday, July 13th. Um, recording this actually on July 15th, a lot uh, faster than normal, which means uh, not, not a lot of books that I have a chance to read, uh, talk about, but I think I still had a chance to go through about 10 books, which, uh, considering sometimes given a week, I'm able to go through maybe six. This is actually pretty good. Um, so let's jump right in. Uh, first book up for the week, we got we go over to DC Comics for uh, Action Comics 959. Gotta love that legacy numbering. Um, this is written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by Tyler Kirkham. Uh, I gotta say, this is probably the uh, most consistent and uh, polished artwork I've seen from Kirkham in uh, quite some time. I thought... Um, it had almost at times a, an animated influence, but it definitely worked. It was clean. Um, it, some of his earlier work at times looked a little image-esque, if that makes sense. And I, not necessarily in a good or bad way, just uh, he came from image and there's a certain aesthetic visually. And it, his work used to have more of that aesthetic. And his work here felt like it was a little bit more... There's, there was more power in the storytelling. It was more clear what was happening. There were less pinups, more action. Sorry, more storytelling. Um, there was still action, but it was more well told. Um, Dan Jurgens is doing a great job writing Superman as Superman. Um, Lois here giving you know depth and context, lying to her son as they're watching Doomsday fight Superman. The fight between Superman Doomsday and Lex is well written. Um, it you know it's obviously it's going on a little, but I'm still invested. I'm still intrigued and I still care about what's going on with these characters and how how they're going. I like the fact that they kind of recognize that there has been a doomsday already in the New 52 universe. This is something that's more similar to what Superman's fought before and not the, the new doomsday um, that the New 52 Superman had fought. This is something different. Um, the flashbacks and kind of remembrances of what happened the last time Superman fought Doomsday, well not the last time but the first time he fought Doomsday in a pre-New 52 world um, is well done I'm interested I'm, I'm curious how long they're going to draw out the you know who is this new Clark Kent kind of idea but um, because it's a you know it's a semi-monthly book I feel like it's not going to necessarily drag on too long I, like, I think it Sorry. In some ways, I think it will, um, just because you get two issues a month, and you know if, the, if it goes on for three months, that's six issues as opposed to three. But um, the the adventures feel like they're coming faster and a, a more decent clip. Um, the fact that it's called Action Comics, I feel like I'm getting my money's worth in terms of I'm getting you know a good action based story. I'm getting a good Superman story. His uh, supporting cast is being written well, and in this case, the supporting cast really is Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, this new Clark, uh, Lex uh, as an antagonist slash ally in this storyline at least, and then obviously you have John and you have Lois. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think it's worth reading. Um, it's one of the stronger titles in the new, in the Rebirth era. I'm going to give it an 8. Uh, next up is All New X-Men number 11. Uh, for the most part, I have been enjoying what Hopeless has been doing. Um, I haven't been as sold on this storyline. It's, it's kind of an interesting deviation going to the past, um, to an era of Apocalypse's history that is not well-defined, which I think is a strength, um, being able to kind of go a place where most people haven't gone or haven't dared 
go. We've had Rise of Apocalypse, a, a miniseries back in the late 90s, but really that that's that's kind of it in terms of his early years. Um, this is one of the few times where I would say that Mark Bagley's art maybe works against the story a little. Like, when we first even saw that, you know, the person who rescued um, Evan was Unsabanur, I didn't even realize who it was. Uh, part of that, I think, is maybe the colorist not doing a great, clear job on the colors, but also I just thought the character looked and this may sound wrong, but it looked a little extra feminine. Like, I thought it was a, g- a girl the first time. I never really was sold on the fact that this was Unsapanur. So I had to kind of check myself as we read it because it just didn't feel right. It didn't. The, I, I felt the art didn't quite match what we were supposed to get from this. Um, I am interested in what, uh, if Hank had to you know, say something about the future to the, to the, the mystic, I'm, I'm curious what he told, because um, I don't think we got that here. Um, the issue felt like it kind of ended a little abruptly. Uh, it didn't feel like we really came to a natural conclusion. Uh, it just, it, overall, I felt the issue kind of stumbled uh, and wasn't as strong as I would have expected or I had been expecting because of how good the book has been thus far. I'm going to give it a six. It's, it's not a bad book. It's just, it's a little weaker than previous issues had been. Uh, next up is Civil War 3, sorry, Civil War 3. Civil War 2, number 3. Um, Man, this I think this event just feels so disjointed. Um, because and and I was talking with my brother-in-law Paul Scores, friend and frequent guest of the show, and we were talking about you know this issue and the fact that Civil War so far has felt a little disjointed. I mean, we're three out of seven issues. Are they fighting? Like, are we really having like a civil war? Like, it doesn't. I don't even know if it really fits with what what they're trying to bill it as. And this issue, like, it made me think that if I read it in collected format, would it work? And I was like, I don't think it will. Like, the last issue ends with Carol showing up to talk to, to, to Bruce, and then this issue jumps to a courthouse, and it's later, and then we go back and forth, and I'm just like, I don't know if that's going to work as well in a collected format. It already didn't really work for me on a, in an ongoing format, and I guess part of what bugs me about this is that I've been reading Totally Awesome Hulk, and... People who've been listening to recent episodes of the show will know that I've really been enjoying that book, and the last two issues were all about Bruce Banner. And the artwork, artwork was by Alan Davis, it was written by Greg Pak, and it was gorgeous, it was brilliant. It was it was so well done, and it really made me curious as to how they were going to use Bruce in Civil War, um, because it was just such a nice coda. Uh, it was a nice send-off. It was a nice, if I never read another Bruce Banner story, it'd be okay. Like, he was happy. Um, it was a nice place to leave the character when that two-part arc was done. Then you read this, and it's awful. Um, like, I just... What makes it harder for me here is the fact that he hasn't been a Hulk for a long time. Tony has definitely, like, been part of his support system. Obviously, Amadeus Cho. And they know he, he he's clean. Like, nothing nothing is riling him up. He was, he's been trying to kill himself. He's been trying to, you know, push himself because he's scared that the monster was still there. He's free. Um, and... I mean, obviously, we've had stories like that in the past where, you know, he's been free, but not really, and then eventually it goes away. But I, they, they, did, they took such pains to show that, no, Amadeus is the Hulk now, there's no way he could be the Hulk, it's over, and then have an issue like this, which is all about, you're going to become the Hulk, something's going to happen, we got to stop you. No real context for when, just that you're going to become the Hulk, we got to stop you. And then they kind of take him out in front of... Now, this is weird, too. All the heroes gang up together. I'm like, really? Like, it just didn't feel right. It felt weird. It felt very forced. And then 
I mean, Hawkeye is a guy who is routinely in the past spoken out against killing. Um, he's not someone who does it. He is against, you know, killing other heroes or villains or whatever. And so having him be the one, sorry, spoilers, to to basically kill Banner and then say, like, I saw the glimpse in his eye from way back where I was. I'm a sharpshooter. I could see things. I could see it. You couldn't see it. This is why I did it. Oh, I just... It just, the issue felt like a mess. I mean, we already have, like, I don't even know what the sides are because it's not defined well. Uh, and uh, Ulysses is less of a character, more of a giant MacGuffin at this point. Um, I get that they're trying to kind of push a point about, you know, we have a preventative measure. We know that people are going to do something. We're going to stop them before they do it. But, you know, is, is there any bias in the visions? Is it really free, you know, is it compromising free will? Like, they, you know, we were arguing. Uh, we weren't arguing. You and I weren't arguing. Um, but people, you know, have had this debate for years. And uh, you've had books like and movies like Minority Report that have explored that concept. It's not new, and it has always felt weird because in the Marvel Universe, it's like this is the first precog. Like, hello, Destiny. She kind of knew everything. The Destiny books, like it just. It's frustrating that Bendis treats this like this is the first time this has ever happened, which is bullshit because it's not. And then this weird, you know, again, making it inhuman feels weird because, again, they keep trying to make inhumans happen, but it's not really happening. And it's just this weird wedge. And it feels, if anything, it should be, you know, inhumans against everyone else. But instead, it's a Carol versus Tony. But nothing feels natural. Nothing feels defined. Civil War One, for all of its faults, and it had many, don't worry. Um, it was very clear, this is why we're doing this. Something bad happened. We have to stop it from happening again. We have to put countermeasures in place to make sure that this can't ever happen again. And, uh, you know, we're going to have people register so that, you know, we make people register for a gun. We're going to make people register if they have superpowers. Makes sense. They could potentially hurt people. We want people to be licensed. If they're going to use their powers, they got to be registered. Cap says, no. I don't believe in that. I, I think there's people should be able to choose things. They should be able, they shouldn't have to be forced to into, into anything, and that's your divide. Okay, I get that. That's clear. Regardless of whether or not what side I am on, it's a very clear practical problem. Now, this is not as practical. It's a little bit more out there, but it's not being addressed in any way that is forming a divide that you have either have to pick one or the other or else. Like it was kind of you were either for registration or against it. There is no real in-between. Here, it feels like there's a giant in-between. And I feel like, you know, no one's fighting each other. And I'm not asking heroes to fight each other. But I feel like if you're going to release an event that's called Civil War II, you know what the implications are for readership. You know that people are going to read that and say, oh, this is the sequel to Civil War. It's going to be the same type of thing. In some way, there's going to be an issue that's going to divide them. They're going to fight each other because for the moral superiority, that they both believe that they're right. But we're not really getting any of that. We still have four issues left, only four. We're almost halfway through the entire series, and we haven't gotten to this. I feel like after one issue of Civil War, it did more than what four or five issues of this series has done. Yes, I'm being unfair because we don't have the next two issues, but it just feels like, what's going on? And then Killing Banner feels like it achieves nothing because he wasn't even a character who was on the board at, the, at, at this time and isn't the Theoretically, he dying anyway. Like, wasn't he dying in Dubin's amazing Hulk run that ended with uh, Dr. Omega or Hulk Omega or whatever? Doc Green, sorry. That was an amazing storyline that unfortunately got cut off because it's like, oh, we have uh, Secret Wars happening. 
we, that's it. And then when we come back, he's not Hulk anymore. And that was kind of like, all right, well, that's a little frustrating. But at least then we got this amazing two-part capper where Greg Pak really sends Hulk out with such a, or Bruce Banner, I should say, out in such a lovely fashion. It was really earned. It, felt, it was just extremely well done and beautifully illustrated by Alan Davis. And then Bendis just shits all over and shoots him in the head with an arrow. And, man, did Bendis have something out for Hawkeye? Like, <laughs> putting him through the ringer? Like, kills him, puts him in jail, potentially. We don't know if he's going to jail yet. Um, I found this extremely frustrating. The art's great, but, I mean, all the, the best art in the world can't make a, a weird, poorly-paced story any better. Um, and I should point out that the art in this issue is by... Uh, I believe Devin Marquez still. So, I mean, his art is gorgeous. Uh, without a doubt, it's fantastic. I just wish that this was better. Uh, I'm going to give this a five. Um, I wasn't a big fan. Um, so let's move on to our next Civil War book, Civil War Two: Amazing Spider-Man, number two. I really like this issue. I even uh, I even made sure to tell Christos Gage as such. Um because he was recently on the show, so I dropped him a line saying, you know, I really like this issue. And he was interesting because he said, you know, I was worried there was too much clash. And it's true. There is a, a lot of this issue. It's less a Spider-Man book and more focus on clash. Uh, the Clayton Cowles, I believe, is the, No, that's a, a letterer. Clayton something. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Anyways... Um, this issue, oh, sorry, Clayton Cole, I should say. Uh, this issue is a big focus on the character of Clash. That being said, it was fantastic. Uh, it was really well done. I felt so invested in this character that I really couldn't have cared less about before these this two part or these two issues so far, um, because he's a character that was introduced in a point one series of um, you know kind of clever hidden miniseries by Dan Slott and uh, Ramon Rosanos I believe I can't remember exactly uh, right around the time of the last not this recent volume of Amazing Spider-Man but the last volume's launch uh, and I wasn't a big fan of that story it was on and off but it had this new character of Clash and then he kind of decided to, when he had uh, Parker Industries becoming a thing that they would bring back Clayton Cole uh, and not a lot's been done with that since and then you have Christos Gage saying I'm going to write a great story with Clayton Cole and holy crap he's right uh, Spider-Man's in this Spider-Man's okay he you know does some stuff with Ulysses but really the focus is on what if Clayton Cole has a really bad day what if he, you know he's got parents that are really mean to him he's you know trying to rebuild his life and, he, and he's thinking that you know it's working he, if he works hard eventually it'll all be worth it and he made mistakes but he's trying to be better than that and trying not to fall into old routines because it's not worth it he's making his life better Spider-Man believes in him Peter Parker believes in him and then to have all that brought into question because he overhears a conversation and between Spider-Man and uh, and by overhears uses his tech to be able to uh, um, kind of uh, eavesdrop after the fact which is kind of a cool implementation of his abilities uh, or, his, or what he's been able to develop in terms of tech um and then he, he then he has a really bad day because he realizes that you know Peter doesn't trust him now because this inhuman has had the vision instead of you know doing anything else he he's he's wondering about Clayton and Clayton's like seriously like what the hell I try I try I try so hard nothing matters no one cares uh, it's all for nothing maybe I should just go bad um, and it, it's a strong issue and it's also an interesting issue for when we do see Peter realizing that he's made a mistake I'm really interested to see where they go with this. Um, and to seeing, you know, how 
how this all kind of comes to bear. Like I, I, as I said, I've never cared for this Clash character, and in one issue, Christos Gage made me made me a believer. Um, that is how you know that's the mark of a good writer. Um, I mean, if if a writer could take a character you don't really care about, and in one issue can make you care, make you invested, make you sympathetic to this character, and and worry about his plight. Um, that's a good writer. That's someone who knows how to characterize and really get to the meat of something. And uh, this this issue was great. And I thought the artwork was actually much better than the last issue. I thought the last issue was a little over-stylized. Uh, Foreman's art here was much better. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give this a... You know what? I'm going to give this i uh, I'm really hesitant on a 9. I'm going to give it a 9. I thought this was really, really good. Um, one of the best issues of the week. Like, I just thought it was really strong. Next up, Civil War II, Gods of War, which it feels like it's really kind of an incidental that it's even taking place during the Civil War era because uh, it doesn't feel like it even matters. It's really just a continuation of the Hercules story. So if you're reading Hercules recently, you'll love it um, because it's a natural, you know, kind of... Um, a continuation of that story by Dan Abnett and Emilio Leso. Um, I really dug Abnett kind of bringing these characters together. We've got the gods of war, as they call themselves. Um, it's an eclectic group. Love seeing, you know, Hercules putting this team together. Uh, the brand kind of working against him, and he's perhaps being pushed into becoming this Lord of Chaos. Um, really good. The art was fun. Not as good as Luke Ross's art was on the actual main series, but still quite enjoyable. I'm going to give this a, a 7 out of 10. I thought the art... Not as strong as it could have been, but it was still good. But really, I really enjoyed the script by uh, Dan Abnett. Uh, next up is Daredevil number nine. I, I actually really like this. Um, it's a, it was a great, great issue. It's Blind Man's Bluff Part Two by Charles Sewell and Goran Suzuka. Um, Suzuka's art is fantastic. Um, the color art, I should say, is by Matt Miller, who helps to maintain the visual consistency um, between what we were getting by Ron Gurney um, in the first, you know, arc in a bit, uh, and this artist. Um, so visually, it, it, it feels very consistent, yet at the time, at the same time, is a little bit different. Um, it was a really fun, enjoyable team up as Daredevil and Spider-Man, you know, go up to, you know, get a track down a briefcase. Um, we also have some great, you know, characterization here and the idea that Daredevil's kind of has to come to terms and, and, and not lie, but come clean to Spider-Man and tell him the truth about why Spider-Man doesn't quite remember things. And it's funny because the same thing happened with Peter. I mean, Peter made a deal with the devil and then no one remembered who he was anymore. Uh, we don't know what Matt Murdock's quite done yet, but... Um, it was kind of interesting to have them have that, that conversation because all I could think of from a meta context was, yeah, Peter's done this too, so he's been there. Um, but really enjoyable issue. It was fun. I mean, they, they kind of addressed the fact that, you know, Daredevil's wearing black, what that means. Spider-Man's been in a black in black phase. Uh, they have a, a fun moment when Spider-Man and Daredevil are behind a hydrofoil. It was, I thought it was really good. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, we're, I'm actually running out of time. Uh, I guess I had so much to say about the last few issues. Uh, Detective Comics 936. Um, I quite dug this. Uh, it's written by James Tinney IV. Um, artwork is by Alvaro Martinez. Love Martinez's artwork. Very strong, very detailed. Um, uh, just a really good issue in the idea that you know Batman's been taken down. Batwoman calls in her team, brings in her dad to kind of maybe help, but then realizes her dad's playing against her the entire time. Um, and then Batwoman and her crew goes on the run. Uh, inside Clayface, I should say. Um, because, uh, and I guess they have a tactic called 
play ball, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Like, Clayface, play ball. He's like, you sure? We have it. He's like, no. And he just creates a giant ball around them, and then they go through a escape hatch. Fantastic. Um, I'm really enjoying both detective comics and action comics are just great books right now. Um, and so far, it feels like you know Rebirth has revitalized um, these characters a little bit, or at least the, the team is taking over. Have feel revitalized and full of energy, and it's exciting. Uh, next up is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth Number One by Robert Venditti, artwork by Ethan Van Skyver. So if you're doing a Green Lantern Rebirth of any kind, of course you need Van Skyver. Um, I like this. It's going to be confusing to anyone who wasn't reading previously, uh, but it is a good bridge point to kind of get Hal where he needs to, um, so we can kind of move forward. Um, and in that end, I think it was effective. The artwork was gorgeous. Um, we kind of set up who he's against and, and, and different people in the universe and where they are right now and what their thoughts are on what Hal's doing. Um, so I'm going to give this a positive review. I think it was good. I think it is, at the same time, very confusing. Um, not It's it's kind of new reader friendly, kind of not, kind of, you know, for people who've been reading, but even then kind of not because it kind of shirks off where they had been with the whole renegade thing. They're, it feels like they're kind of saying, yeah, our bad. This wasn't a good idea. Let's move back to what works, which is what Rebirth is all about, right? Getting back to the basics, back to what works. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a seven. The art was great. The story could have been a little bit stronger. Next up is New Avengers 13. I'm really enjoying this book. Um, I just find it a lot of fun. There's a lot going on at all times, but um, I just think it's very enjoyable. We have Songbird being uh, ambushed by uh, Garrett and the Legion of Dugans, I'm going to call them. It's by Al Ewing and artwork by Paco Medina. Um, I really like that Sunspot and Cannonball having to have a conversation with what, you know, what they're kind of doing, uh, what their next step is, trying to get and rescue uh, Songbird. We have uh, Pod as well, having a nice um, conversation with the scientist. And then the Maker shows up. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm enjoying it because it just feels like there's always a lot going on in this book. It's not uh, starred for plot elements. Uh, I thought the artwork was fun and enjoyable. I'm going to give it a 7. And last but not least is Nightwing Rebirth, which again I think kind of fits into the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth kind of uh, mode in that it's good, but it's going to be confusing as hell, especially if someone hasn't been reading Grayson or was never really interested in that direction and instead preferred to, you know, you know, come back when he becomes Nightwing again, which obviously he is now. Um, it's just not necessarily always clear exactly what's happening because there's so much packed in here. Like we have Dick Grayson deciding that he's not going to be, a, you know, he's not going to be Agent Spiral anymore. He's going to be Nightwing again. He's going to figure out what Nightwing means. Uh, it's written by Tim Seeley, artwork by Yannick Paquette. Um, I just feel like at times there's almost too much going on. We have, you know, Helena for some reason deciding to be on the Huntress gear. We have a lot of, you know, Damien and Nightwing, Nightwing and Midnighter, Nightwing and Agent what, Zero or Agent One. Um, they kind of address something from War of uh, the Robins or Robin War, whatever that storyline was called, uh, which I think no one had addressed ever uh, in quite some time. So it was weird to even see it addressed. Uh, we have a little bit more here kind of addressing what happened the last time we saw, I guess, Lincoln March and the Owls, which I guess was also in Robin War. And that's not really well figured out either. Like it just it's it's it has so much to do, but I think it could have gone back to basics a little bit more simply and not been as confusing as this ended up being like tying up all these plot lines from other books where they should have been addressed instead Uh, I'm going to give it a 6 
Um, some of the other highlights that came out this past week that I did not get a chance to read include Flash, New Superman, um, Wonder Woman, Back to the Future, Mickey Mouse Shorts, uh, Season 1, all those new comics and stories, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Civil War Two, Choosing Sides, Deadpool, Gwenpool, Old Man Logan, Power Man and Iron Fist, Silk, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Vision, and Web Warriors. Uh, when we look to the, the upcoming week... Um, we got some uh, some good stuff to look forward to. Uh, although I will, will say, if you go and look at the um, uh, the di- the previous world website, it is now nowhere near as as simple. It now it's, it just feels like it's more confusing, which is unfortunate because I I used to love it. I, the, you can still get the PDF list or the the uh, the text document, but I don't think it's as easy to get. So if we look at what's coming out next week. Uh, or really based on when this episode's coming out in a day or two. Um, some of the highlights will include uh, Aquaman number three, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth number one, uh, Batgirl to a paperback number two. I don't even know what that's covering exactly. Uh, I guess it's the more recent Burnside version of Batgirl. I forget they renumbered the those trade paperbacks because they were such a huge difference from what came before with Gail Simone. We have the Green Arrow by Kevin Smith trade paperback. I think it's his entire run. If it is, that's a good value. $25 for I think like 14, 15 issues. Uh, Hellblazer Rebirth number one. I forgot that was even happening. Justice League number one, new Suicide Squad. Is that must be his last issue or, or close to it. Superman number three. Uh, we've got Back to the Future Citizen Brown number three, which is the adaptation of the recent, and by recent I mean like three or four years ago, video game. Um, from Image, we've got uh, the Huck trade paperback, which I thought was just fantastic, so I definitely recommend that. Um, and then over at Marvel, we have new issues of A-Force, All New Inhumans, All New Wolverine, Astonishing Ant-Man. Um, it says Black Panther number one, but we already got that, so I don't know what that is. Uh, and it also said we should be getting Black Widow. I think they're not showing stuff as reprintings anymore because uh, it looks like we're getting Black Widow 1, 2, 3, and 5. Ooh. Uh, there's the trade of Captain Marvel. Uh, Civil War 2 says issue number 2. So, again, it must be reprinting. See, the previous world used to show what was reprinting. Now I have no idea. Um, we got the Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, Guardians of Infinity, Harbor the Duck Complete Collection Volume 3, which is, I think, the non-Gerber stuff, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the second volume of the Spider-Man Brand New Day Complete Collection, super pumped for that. Uh, new issue of Star Wars, uh, as I said, Darth Vader, new issue of Thunderbolts, a new issue of Obi-Wan and Anakin, the trade paperback, as well as Star Wars Podamaran number 3. Although I feel like we already got that, so is that a reprinting as well? So confused. Uh, Ultimates number 9, Uncanny X-Men number 10, and the X-Men trade paperback, The Trial of Gambit. I forgot that was ever going to happen. Um, I love that you know that this kind of stuff is happening. Um, just because I'm a big fan of that era uh, of X-Men, I will happily concede that it's probably not very good, um, but I don't care because because it's awesome. Uh, so that's our episode. So if you want to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, read and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for downloading episode 391. Our next episode will be 392, where we take a look at the new Star Wars movies. <sighs> Jesus, Star Wars. What's wrong with me? Star Trek. Star Trek Beyond. What's wrong with me? Um, we'll be looking at that for episode 392. Uh, 394... 
that episode I'm not sure about yet. 396 will be our, our Spotlight on the Suicide Squad movie episode. Uh, 398, we're still working on that one. I have some irons in the fire, so I think I know what those episodes are going to be, the unknown ones. And then episode 400, not sure what that's going to be yet. Uh, last year was kind of a conversation with a bunch of people because uh, it was actually recorded, I believe, on the same day as my son's birthday party this year because I do 104 episodes a year, generally. Um, it kind of moves things forward, so um, uh, our 400th episode will be coming out before, like a couple weeks before my son's birthday, so I won't have that excuse to have people around, so I'll have to actually go to have some effort to put some put together a good episode, but hopefully it'll be something good. Uh, if you have any ideas for what you'd like to hear me talk about in episode 400, by all means, please send them in. Uh, so thanks again for joining me, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.